0: Amen. Hallelujah, church. Thanks. Hey, I received that. I received that prayer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, thank you tonight for this privilege and this opportunity. Thank you, Pastor Justin, to come before this wonderful body of believers. And tonight I'm going to talk about evangelism. And I'm going to talk about the three priorities that the Lord told me to pray over this church and to share with you. And the first one is, is you're a carrier of God's presence. I want you to know that. You are a carrier of his presence. When you got born again, Pastor Justin talked about this on Sunday. Man, you became a new creature. It had never existed before. Can you imagine that? It never existed before. And you're connected to the source of life. And one of the things I want to also talk about is, is you got something to say. You have something to say. All you got to do is just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when you go out, just listen and just say what he says to say. And as you begin to say it, things begin to unlock, okay? And then the words begin to come out of your mouth. How many times have I ministered? How many times have I ministered on the streets and in the prisons and everywhere I've gone, okay? In all the different countries and everything. And the Lord just pulls something right up out of me. It just comes right up. And where did that come from? It came from the Holy Spirit. And the people look at you. You got something to say, okay? And the third thing is you got a sphere of influence. And those are the three top priorities. You got a place. God's got a plan for you. And I got news for you. It doesn't matter where you're working. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what position you are in. You have got an influence where you're at. And the Holy Spirit's going to see it. And the Holy Spirit's going to use it. I've, I've shared so many testimonies with you. And I'm going to share more of them tonight. And let me tell you something. They happen at the funniest times. They happen in the funniest places. But it's the Holy Spirit. And when you do what he says to do, the power of God shows up. Right? He shows up. And everybody praises the Lord on it. And I just want you to write these scriptures down. I'm not going to go to them for sake of time tonight. But I just want you to write down John fifteen five. Jesus is connected to the Father, right? He's connected to the source. You are the branch, okay? You're the branch. Jesus is the head. You are the body. John 15, 5, and if you read all of John 15, you're going to find out, and when you start to meditate on that, and you begin to pray to the Lord on that, you're going to find out. God has decided that he wants to reveal himself in the earth through Jesus, and, and they've decided to do it through you. They're going to do it through you, okay? That is their plan. That's their decision. That's why the Holy Spirit came. That's why you got born again. And when I read that and saw that, I was like, oh, man, you mean to tell me without me, God, Jesus ain't going to get preached. Without me, the word's not going to go forth. He's decided to use you as a branch. Man, I I mean, meditate on those scriptures. Another one is Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. I really enjoy Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, because the Lord will give you the words. I mean, if you come and ask him and you say, Lord, give me the words to say today, show me what you want me to do today. And I'm just going to be obedient. It's your quiet time with the Lord. It's your intimate time with the Lord that you get familiar with his voice. And I mean, when you're out there on the streets, you'll hear it just as plain as day as you're hearing my voice. You will hear him talk to you and then he'll tell you what to say. He'll give you that word to give somebody that's, that's weary. He'll tell you what to say. It's, it, it's, it's just so wonderful. And then they just look at you like, how would you know to say that? that? That is one of the scriptures I've always prayed. One of the things I've always meditated on with the Lord. I go to the Proverbs, you know, and, and I've learned there's three kids in Proverbs. The wise kid, the foolish kid, and the kid that's a simple kid. He just goes with the flow. And, the, and, and it'll tell you in Proverbs how to respond to each one of them. And it'll tell you what to look for in each response that comes out of their mouth. And I'll say, okay, Lord, how do you want me to respond to that? And somewhere in that conversation that you're doing it with it, with that individual, the Lord gives you that in and there's, you lock right in and there it is. And you'll sense it and they'll sense it and your eyes will get as big as saucers because now all of a sudden they'll realize they're a spirit and they're not just some animal like evolution that science teaches them. And then the third one is, is Matthew 5, 16. These were the three scriptures that I got out of when I got these three priorities from the Lord. You're a light. I got news for you. You're a light. And do people take light when it's dark and put it under a bushel? Uh Uh-uh. You know what God does with a light, what Jesus said? I'm going to stick you up on a pedestal, and every devil and demon in hell is going to see it, right? And everybody's going to see it in your life, right? Man, that's a form of evangelism. When they see God in your life, they see those words of Jesus coming out of your mouth. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you are speaking Jesus, talking blessing, walking blessing. Oh, man, they see it. And I was just talking to Pastor Justin. I just got back from vacation. And my family thinks I'm crazy, you know, because if you saw my family, oh, my goodness, you'd be praying for me right now. But but I got born again, okay? And let me tell you something. I was telling it to the Lord when I was there. But he said, wait till they see the Lord coming out of you. And when they got problems, they'll come to you. And, hey, somebody close in my family just got born again. So I, I got to tell you, I mean, the words to speak, the words to say, these, this has been prayers for years that have been going on, okay? And the Lord just set that thing right up. We prayed before we went. So I get excited about this. All right, let's go to Matthew, or excuse me, Mark. We're going to go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15, okay? You guys ever, maybe the girls probably didn't do it, but when you were little, did you ever read about the Knights? You ever seen somebody get knighted? You ever seen those ceremonies where you come in and the king, he takes that scepter and he knights you, okay? And then he gives you a name. They'd always do that. They'd give you some kind of name for some kind of valor, right? And then you'd go out in that name. With that valor name, you know, and you'd go out and you would fulfill the purpose of the king. And you sat on his court and you sat on his board. That's why I got so excited about Ecclesia. You're part of Ecclesia. Think of you as knights of the round table. That's literally what you are in the eyes of the Lord, okay? But this is the famous scripture, Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There it is. That's your assignment right there. Now, I did two years in the army before I went into the Air Force. And, uh, the first thing that they taught me in basic training was, I don't care if you're a cook, I don't care if you're a mechanic, I don't care what you're doing, your first line is to be a soldier. So one day if we tell you to put a, a helmet on and get in that foxhole, you're gonna do that and you're gonna pick up a rifle because you're a soldier first. You are an evangelist first, whether you're called to five-fold ministry or not. You have a sphere of influence. You got something to say and you're a carrier of his presence. You are in the army of the Lord now. You are in his command. And I'm telling you, ooh, watch some stuff. Man, I'm sensing again, Tanya, over there about healing in the, in the hospital. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, man. I'm sensing good things, man. Good things opening up. But, but now look at verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that doesn't believe shall be damned. Well, Jesus talks about that in John chapter 3. He's already come in. He's already put the gavel down. He's already put the devil under his feet, right? So now the gospel is available, and it's going to be available till he comes, right? But listen to this. And verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, the Lord's going to be there protecting you, you, right? It will not harm them. Ask Paul when he got bit in that island, right? By that poisonous snake. He just picked that thing up, threw it right in the fire, man. Those people were looking at him. They're expecting him to drop dead. And he didn't drop dead. He knew who he was in Christ Jesus. He was on a mission from God, and he knew God wasn't going to let that thing be taken from him from the devil, right? And they saw that, and what happened to that island, man? That that person got healed on that island. The chief got healed. His his family got saved. Everybody on that island got saved. Man, Lord is something, isn't he? Don't you love it when he just foils the devil's plans? Oh, man. But these signs will follow you. So one of the things I want to say about evangelism, evangelism is is there's two reasons why people don't evangelize. One, they're afraid. They've never done it before. Well, that's all right. Soldiers are green before their first battle, right? That's understandable, right? But once you take that step and you step out and you actually do what the Lord says, all of a sudden you'll develop a hunger for it, okay? So it's okay if you're a little bit intimidated at first. Well, the second reason why people are intimidated and they don't like to evangelize, they don't know what to say. But I got news for you. You got a testimony. You got a testimony. Hi, my name is Joseph. What's your name? Hey, let me ask you a question. You know, God loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for you. I mean, he's done so much for me, and he's got a plan for you. Now, just let me ask you this question, okay? If the Lord were to come today, okay, if he was to come, this was judgment, you were to stand before him. Do you know if you'd go to heaven or not? Now, I'm looking for three responses when I say that. Okay, now, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, and I want three responses. She's either going to say yes, she's either going to say I don't know, or she's going to say no. And depending on which response, is going to depend on how I'm going to respond, right? If she says yes, I'm going to say, well, how do you know? I mean, tell me, how do you know that? Well, what's a good spirit-filled person going to say? Oh, man, I'm born again. I got Jesus in me. Hallelujah, sister. You know, is there anything we can pray about? What do you want me to do? But if she says, I don't know, or she says no, then I take her down the Roman road, right? I say, hey, the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, look at me. I wasn't perfect. I mean, none of us are perfect, right? And he said, but the wages of sin is death, Right. So if you're going out there and you're living in darkness, you're going to produce darkness. You're going to live under the curse. So there's going to be death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, right? And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord you'll be saved, right? It's a, it's it's like a marriage vow. It's like a friendship thing. You know, when, when, you, when two people get married, they take a vow. They say it with their heart. They mean it with their mouth, right? Okay. It's the same thing with the Lord. He's looking for a family, right? How'd you like this gift? It's a gift. You don't have to do anything to receive it. Jesus already did all the work, man. And once you get born again, you get a new spirit, man. The Lord starts working with you. The blessing comes on you. He starts leading you and guiding you. Do you want this gift? Right? And that's how I say it. Now, when I used to go out, I used to be the one pointing the finger, telling them they were sinners going to hell. Right? I used to condemn everybody and just use the word of God as a sledgehammer and as a weapon. And I ain't hardly got anybody saved with that. But man, when I got, when I read Dr. Savell's book 19 years ago, man, about sharing Jesus effectively, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, the word of God just bubbles up on the inside of you. There's an excitement and there's a joy. And I just start ministering the word. Now, somewhere in that prayer, I'll okay, now say this. Just, just say this prayer right after me. It's just a simple little thing. And I want you to imagine, like, you know, if you're a girl, like, you're getting married. Or if you're a guy, you know, you're standing there with the knights and the Lord's or right the knight or something. You're in a courtroom and say, Father... Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit. I believe you died for me. And that spirit that God gave you when he raised you from the dead, I want it. Put it in me right now. Holy Spirit, I receive you in Jesus' name. Man, Lord, forgive me of the past. I don't want the past. I want the future now. I want what you got for me. And I'm going to go get it, Lord. Let's go get it. I mean, these are the kinds of prayers I lead these guys into. And I mean, there's a joy. There's a bubbling going on. And they want more. And that's it right there. That's it. Now, as the conversation continues, all of a sudden the Lord will share something with you. And all of a sudden, it'll come up out of you. A healing. There might even be a word to give to somebody. And um, that's called the God encounter. That's one kind of evangelism. It's called the God encounter. You do this at events. You might do this in a grocery store. But you do it, and when you have a daily relationship with God, and you're in prayer with him, and you're in the word of God, okay, that's when this thing happens. That's when these God encounters stop, start happening, okay? Okay. Um, and the Lord just opens up, miracles start happening. I don't have time to get into a lot of them, but I'll get into some of them. Later. The second one is called relationalism, right? It, it's the, it's it, the way I wrote it down is when I was spending time with the Lord. Let me get to that. It is called the, what I like to call the relationship or the, the community encounter, okay? This is where someone ain't going to get born again right away, okay? And so what happens is, is they begin to know you. You work with them, as one, one of the people that you work with. And so they see it in your life, and they start to notice your life, and they start to notice the things that you're doing in life, okay? And they start seeing that you're a godly person. Man, that one swear word comes out of my mouth. You know, when I was in England, they said that. you. I This one guy came up to me he said, I can't find anything wrong that you do. You don't cuss, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't say bad things about anybody. All you do is walk around in this joy. He says, I don't understand it. You know, it's Jesus. You know, it's just Jesus that's on the inside of me. It really got his attention. I mean, isn't that something when people come up to you and they tell you, I can't see any wrong in you. They see the love of the Lord in you. There was a lady named Claire who was a secretary that worked in the air command because I was in, well, they, they call it air command. Now it was strike command. But I was working at the headquarters for the Royal Air Force. I was an exchange officer. So I was working at their headquarters. And um, there's about 10 or 15 people in her office. Well, my wife and I went to Asda, which is like a Kroger scrunched up with a Walmart all together, a really big store in England. And so we're over there, and as I'm walking, you know, Charlene's looking at some things and getting some stuff. I'm in the flower section, and there sits this little pretty flower in this vase. And, man, the word of the Lord comes to me. I recognize the voice because the sheep... You she know the Lord's voice? You spend time with him. You're meditating with him. You're in prayer. You know his voice when it comes. And I heard it so clearly, like you're, you're hearing me. I want you to buy that flower and give it to Claire. Lord, I'm married, you know? I was like, well, okay. You said to get this thing. For some reason, you want me to do this. So I came up to Charlene and said, Charlene, hey, the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Lord just came and said, I want you to buy this flower and give it to Claire tomorrow, right? When you go into the office. And so we prayed about it and she said, Okay. Walk into the office next day. Everybody's looking at me with this flower, about 10 or 15 people in there. I come up to the, to the desk that she's working at. She's got a, a phone in her. You know, she's talking on the phone. She hangs it up. And I said, Claire, I said, I know this is going to sound weird, but the Lord told me to give you this flower and tell you that he loves you. And, I mean, she screamed at the top of her lungs. Tears starts coming out of her eyes. She got up, ran around the corner, and lays a kiss right on my cheek, right, and just starts screaming in happiness and, and tears all at the same time. And, uh, and everybody's looking, you know. What you, I mean, like, what's going on, you know? And uh, she just begins to just break down and tell me that the day previous, when I was at the store, she had her, her dad had gotten stage 4 cancer, and he, they had given him a couple days to live. He was in the hospital. Uh, I came from a, a good Catholic family. And uh, how do you know some how, how you know religious people aren't saved? How many people know that? Even though just you go, you go to a church or a particular religion, doesn't mean you're saved, right? And um, she said she was so nervous, and, and, and her and her husband got into this argument that she broke her flower. That was the exact flower that she broke. She got it from another store, but I got it from this other as the store. I did not know this, but the Holy Spirit did. So when I brought that flower and gave it to her, that's why she just started crying in tears of joy. because she was crying out to the Lord. And she had busted that thing. And here I come in with the, with the same thing. And I mean, that, I mean, that was the Holy Spirit right there. I did not do that, folks. That was the Holy Spirit. That is just me being obedient to the Lord. I, it was none of my business. I didn't need to know that. She shared it with me, okay? And uh, where's that in the scripture? That's when that one, that one lady, the Shunammite woman, came up to the prophet and he said, hey, you know, What's wrong with this girl? I don't know. The Lord hasn't shared it with me. But as soon as she got to him, she began to explain how her child died. See, sometimes the Lord won't tell you what's going on. You don't need to. All you got to do is just trust the Lord when you're talking to somebody about Jesus. Okay? Just trust him. I get in conversations with people all the time. I don't try to make the Lord happen. Okay? I just share Jesus with them. And at some point, the Lord's going to share something with me. Where do I know? John chapter 4. Jesus comes in. He sits down at the well. He's sitting there. He's tired. Some lady comes up and starts drawing water. He starts engaging in the conversation with her, right? And then what's happening? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to him. And he says, you've had five husbands. And the dude you're living with now ain't your husband. (laughs) She's like, ooh, boy, I believe you're a prophet. The Holy Spirit just gave Jesus that word because he opened up, began to talk to her. I mean, this happens all the time. So what I do is, is I'm just patient with the Holy Spirit. And if he tells me something to say, I say it. If he tells me something to do, I do it. If he doesn't, I don't. I mean, I, I, just, I, I just know I planted the word. So why am I, I doing this? Because I'm going to tell you what is evangelism. Evangelism is sharing Jesus. Evangelism is a process, okay? Three stages. You, first, you, you, you plant a seed, right? You plant a seed in somebody. Second stage, there's a, a ripening process in a person's heart, right? And then the third stage, that, that's when the harvest is going to happen. You know what Paul said? I planted, but Apollos watered, right? But, it's, but I didn't do anything. He says, God's the one that got the increase, right? And so, man, it took a lot off my chest because now I know, man, I'm just out sharing Jesus, Well, what happens if they don't accept Jesus? I planted the seed, man. And then I go home and I start praying for that seed. Ooh, John 16, the Lord's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to teach them about righteousness. He's going to tell them about how the devil's been judged. And so I know the Holy Spirit's going to do his job. So I start praying for them. Lord, thank you for that encounter I had today. Thank you for those seeds that I gave to that person today. I know you're working in that person's heart. This is what I do to my family. We, my wife and I are doing it this whole week. We do it. Man, thank you for those seeds you gave us, Lord. Oh, boy, you are fanning in that heart. Lord, they ain't going to have peace. They are not going to have peace till they come to Jesus. Holy Spirit, I know you're going to be on their case day and night. Man, when they wake up, they're going to hear Jesus talking to them. When they go to sleep, they're going to hear Jesus talking to them. When they go to their workplace, they're going to hear Jesus talking to them, man. Oh, I I just love the Holy Spirit because he's going to do his job. It it says it in John 16, right? So evangelism, a process. And that's how we harvest souls. We just share Jesus effectively. I mean, you just be yourself and you just walk in the love of the Lord. Jesus gives a beautiful parable, and I want you to read this. Because this parable really changed my life when I was considering Jesus and finally really got born again. In Luke chapter 13 verses 6 to 9, Luke chapter 16, or or Luke chapter 13, excuse me, 13, verses 6 to 9. Jesus is given a parable, okay? I use science. He used science with Nicodemus because Nicodemus was an educated man. I mean, I use sports. I mean, the Lord uses all kinds of illustrations with me to give to people so that they can understand spiritual things and watch how the Holy Spirit starts moving with you when you start opening your mouth and telling people about Jesus. I mean, he's going to give you words to say. Where did that come from, you know? But Jesus is is talking this parable, and he says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, okay? And he came, and he's looking for fruit on it, and he doesn't find any fruit. And so he says unto the dresser of the vineyard, behold, these three years, three years, this thing's supposed to be producing fruit, and I've come to this thing, and it ain't producing fruit. It's wasting my time. It's wasting the ground. Cut the thing and get rid of it. Okay. But the dresser answers him and he says unto him, Lord, just leave it alone also this year. And, and I can, you could just see Jesus in this beseeching the father. I mean, that's, oh man, just interceding for the lost right here. And he says, let me dig it. Let me dig around it. Let me change this environment. Let me put some word in it. Let me tell them about the blessing, right? Let me give them the light. Let me teach them about love, right? Life, Zoe life, right? Let me me put some fertilizer around it and dung this thing. And then when it's time for the harvest, if it bears fruit, man, look at that. We saved that tree and look at that thing. But if not, then we can cut it down. Boy, I'm so glad. Tears started rolling uncontrollably out of my eyes when I read that. Because if the Lord would have brought judgment when I was a sinner... Right, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be in hell. Right, but Jesus never gave up on me. He interceded for me, and Jesus is up there now interceding. Right, is that what it says in the Bible? He's constantly interceding. So this is one of the reasons why I pray for everyone that I talk to, everyone that I've come around. Okay, and um, it just really opens your eyes to how evangelism works. Let me work with them. Let me work with them, Lord. I mean, how many? I mean, the world goes with me to the youth attention center. I've other people going with me. Those kids know what sin is, but they don't know what life is. How many times have I gone out and evangelized in Poland and the prisons there? I mean, everywhere I've gone, evangelizing the people, especially in the big prisons and even in detention centers, they all know what sin is, but none of them know what life is, right? They don't need me to tell them what their problem is. They need me to tell them what the answer is. And every time I go in there and I tell them what the answer is, that's when they look at me. You mean I could be blessed? Yeah, that's what it says in in Galatians chapter 3. The Lord was preaching to Abraham, Grandpa Abraham. And he said, hey, in you will all the nations be blessed. And if you're in Christ, then you got the blessing of Abraham. What's the blessing of Abraham? Man, I tell him about the blessing. You know, you can be blessed. God will bless you. I mean, he'll bless you your kids. You can do it from right here, you know. And the next thing you know, they develop an interest in it. John chapter 8, right? Oh, man. That woman caught in the act of adultery. Low-class citizen. Nobody wanted to be around her, right? I mean, this is the lowest of the low, Okay. And uh, they, they, were gonna, they used the word of God to condemn her, right? But Jesus had a different plan. He knows that she's a daughter of the Lord, right? And so what does he do? He uses the word of God to set her free. And all those people in there watching him do that, and then he turns, and can you imagine their faces? Those are the guys that just stole Uncle Fred last month, you know? These are the guys that did this. And, you know, and here's Jesus standing there, and he sets that woman free. And I believe that woman felt the love of the Lord come in her. Oh, my goodness. And um, oh, and he said, I am the light of the world. If anyone comes to me, you do I have to walk in darkness anymore. You could have this thing called the light of life. So I looked that up. What is this life? And it's the word Zoe. Oh, man. The Greeks can't even describe it. It's just what makes God, God. It's everything that makes God, God. Oh man, and that's why Pastor Johnson said on Sunday, when you get born again, you become a new creature, man. You got Zoe on the inside of you. You got life. And the Lord will be there. He's not gonna leave you. He's not gonna forsake you. He's gonna be there with you, right? And uh so that that just really touched me about evangelism. And uh, you know, salvation is a process. It just doesn't end, even when you get born again, it just doesn't stop. I mean, you're always gonna be learning and growing, and um Let's see, what's the other one? Okay, I want you to know this, that you don't have to be a pushy when you evangelize, okay? Just remember, you're planting seeds, ripening, and then harvest. And as you get good at it with the Holy Spirit, as you begin to learn with him, you'll see where they're at in the process, right? You'll see where they're at, okay? You don't have to be pushy. You just intercede, amen. Now, remember, you're not the one that's going to save them. Oh, I had to learn this. I want, oh, I tried to force this on people, but now I don't. Now I got confidence in the Lord. I know the Holy Spirit will move. I know He's going to act. If it doesn't happen right away, I know it's going to happen, okay? I know it will because I planted a seed. So I want you to know that. So what did Jesus say in John chapter 5? He said, it's not me that's doing the work. It's the Father that's in me that's doing the work. I just do what He says to do. Boy, that, oh, man, that, you talk, oh man, you talk about a relief off me, off me. I was like, you mean I'm not the one who's going to do this thing? It's you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, you know. And, uh, oh, he'll give you the, oh, man, the scriptures will start pouring out of you. People will start asking you, firing questions at you left and right, and you'll just be answering them left and right, right back. Um, I wanted to share this story about Jordan. I may have shared this with you before, but this is a guy that heard me ministering when I would go into Tarrant County in the, the adult prisons. And he would listen, and finally he would start coming up, you know. I'd go every Thursday, and uh, he finally started coming up, and he says, man, I want this. He says, I... I said, that, that I can sense the Holy Spirit in you, right? I can see this light in you. You know, it goes, I want this. I'm sharing things with him, how the Lord talks to me, how I've seen visions with him and dreams, you know, and how he's how he's taught me the word a lot. You know, I read it, and he tells me the Holy Spirit, and then I get this TV visual of it sometimes at night, you know, and he'll go over things with me. And I say, he said, the Holy Spirit was, was talking to me. He'd be teaching me things. And, um, and he said, I want that. So About two months, three months into doing this, talking to Jordan, all of a sudden, somewhere in that time he was spending with the Lord, all of a sudden he had an encounter with Jesus. And, I mean, his whole complexion changed. His whole face changed. Okay? And now he comes up to me, and now not only is he praying for me, but he's filled with the Holy Spirit now. And, I mean, you could just see Jesus coming out of this guy. And he's telling me all these encounters he's been having with the Lord, all these things he's been getting out of the scriptures. Well, as I'm sitting there talking to him, here's the Holy Spirit, right? I'm not asking for this. It just comes out, right? Signs will follow. I start looking at my hand, and I can't get my eyes off my hand. And the Lord is like moving right here. And all of a sudden, I looked at him, and I looked back down at my hand, and I looked at him, and I looked back down at my hand, and then out it came. The judge is going to look at your charges, and he's not going to believe that you're the man who did them right? And, um, so, um, I didn't go that next week, but I came back the following week and he had the biggest smile on his face. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, the judge looked at the paper and he looked at me and he says, I don't believe that this is the same man that's on the charges that are in here. What is up with this guy? You know? And so he, he's, they scatter him all over Texas when they take them from the, the county jail and put him in these state prisons. And so he's doing a little bit of time, but he's, but they gave him the minimum of that. I mean, he was facing a lot of years and they just, the judge's like, I don't want him doing this. Like, we knew why he was doing it. He says, I don't want him doing this, but you are not the guy that's on this paper. I'm just going to give you the minimum of the minimum. It was only like a couple of years. And so I'm looking forward to seeing him when he gets out. And, um, this is what the Holy Spirit does, okay? I, I want to share these things with you, okay? I'm not doing the work. It's the Holy Spirit. All I'm doing is just being sensitive to the Lord. All I'm doing is just open up in my mouth, and I'm just saying, Jesus loves you, okay? And then I'm just trusting on the Holy Spirit that he's going to do these things, right? Then there's another guy. I think I told you something about it because we had the staff pray over George, man. I won't tell you his last name. His name is George, right? And he's Lucifer. Okay, so I'm walking down one of the, the aisles ways and he starts yelling at me and making fun of me. So what do you do if you're an evangelist and the guy's making fun of you? Oh, that's the guy I'm supposed to go evangelize to. So I turn around, I go over and I start, you know, what must I do to be saved, right? And so I go over and start talking to this guy, okay? And I mean, he's cutting every curse word at me. Didn't everyone in there call him loose, yeah, they called him Little Lucifer, exactly. And, uh, he was with some gang and, uh, so I came and talked talk to the staff about him. I said, look, we got this guy, man. And the Lord's got him on our trail. And so we all prayed about it. You know, we all came in agreement. Prayer works. Ecclesia prayer works. That man got born again. Not only did he get born again, but he actually told me. He said, you know what? He said, there's hundreds of ministers that come in there, but for some reason, something about you. And I, I know what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. And that's what I began to share with him. It's the Holy Spirit, man. It's on the inside of me. So, I mean, that was one um, Sometimes you'll be, uh, there, there was another guy named Brian, okay, and uh, I think I shared this one once before, but he did not want to believe that God could heal him. When I told him that God could heal him and get him off that medicine that he was taking and he didn't have to take all these things, he didn't want to believe that, right? And I said, well, that's okay. I said, how about you believe this? One day you will be free of this. So you can keep taking your stuff right now. I, I mean, you do, I mean, we're not going to play stupid here. I'm not going to try to force someone into something that they don't have faith for, Right? I mean, you use wisdom on this, right? I said, well, can you believe with me that one day the Lord can heal you of this? Oh, I can believe that. I said, all right, so we we put our faith together. Well, they accidentally gave him some stuff that got gave him an allergic reaction. And so by this time, you know, after about two or three months of going in to minister to him about healing and the healing scriptures that I ministered to him, he began to cry out on the Lord and began to confess those healing scriptures, right? And as a, as a result, they thought they were going to lose him that night. But he pulled through, and he woke up in the morning, and he was completely healed, right? And uh, the nurse wanted to know what happened, and he said it was Jesus. Now, he's ministering to Jesus, to that nurse, right? And saying, it's Jesus that's that's done this to me. And the thing that gets me excited is, especially during this time right now with COVID, I'm I'm interacting with about 10 or 14 prisoners right now that that are writing me letters telling me that they're preaching Jesus, I mean, these guys are born again, and they're preaching Jesus. So I might not be physically there, but they're in there, and they're preaching Jesus. I mean, these things are exciting. Now, doesn't that get you excited? And again, it ain't me doing the work. It's Jesus doing the work. I'm just his arm that he's using. It's Jesus' anointing. It's Jesus' blessing that's going in them. you know. I'm just doing what he said. And sometimes when I'm in there, I'll even be ministering to the guards, especially when we go to the detention center. You do a lot of ministering to the guards. And, and I'm sitting there talking to the girls one time. This is like a year ago. And man, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came over me and I turned. and There were two lady guards sitting there and I said, it is not the Lord that's causing this problem. And if you'll confess his name and you believe, you'll get out of this situation. And I just turned right back and started ministering the Lord again. Well, I didn't know it, but his, one of the lady's daughters had an, a brain aneurysm or something that day. And they took her to the hospital. And the second that I left, she got a phone call that her daughter was in the hospital. And so she ran over, and she said when she was there, she remembered the words that came out of my mouth. She said, you said that, and I remembered that, and I used the name of Jesus, and I wouldn't accept it. And that girl got healed and came out of it. See... These are the things that the Holy Spirit does. I did not do this. And I want you to see that again. I did not do this. It was the Holy Spirit. It's just me telling these kids that God's got a plan for them and He loves them, right? And then all of a sudden out it comes, right? I mean, these are the signs that will follow you. Man, don't you get excited? You get excited with these things. I mean, it's just like there is a God and Jesus is alive. And I know a lot of you all have testimonies and tonight we're gonna, we're gonna be knighted tonight, but Please understand, God is not condemning the sinner, right? And um, I'm just going to, for the sake of time, in John chapter 3, Jesus goes over and he says, you know, God so loves the world that he gave his son, right? That if you believe, you're going to get Zoe life, man, and it's eternal. Dude, and uh, <laughs> my, my street language is coming out again. And um, he said, I didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn you. Oh, that's key to me. He's not, you're not out to condemn. You are out to save, man. You're out to. Pleck them out of the gates of hell, right? And you do it through the word of Jesus, and you do it through the anointing, and you do it through the love of God. And then Jesus goes on to say something. He says, this is how the condemnation process works. He says, lights come into the world, but men love darkness more than they love light. And I kind of started meditating on that. Why, Jesus? Because their deeds are evil. All right, they were born in sin, right? They were naked like Adam. So they've fallen, right? So they're born in sin, they're living in sin. They're living in darkness. They're living in the curse. They develop a trust in the curse. They develop a trust in the ways of the world and in the system of the world. And they get experience in it. And I believe me, and you've probably, some of you evangelists heard this, they'll tell you about the experience that they've gained in the world and how the knowledge that they have on that. And I began to cry when I read that because I began to understand what Jesus was saying. They don't know what light is. They're so used to living in darkness, they don't know what light is. They're naked. So i got to teach them the light so they can repent, so they can change. And that's why I like when Pastor Justin says, yeah, Jesus preaches love, but when you get born again, you're going to change. And John would say that in the first chapter of of 1 John. He, He lays it out really clearly. If you say you're a Christian, but you're out there living like an alley cat, Are you really saved, right? Are you really born again? Because if you had the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you wouldn't be living like you did before you got born again, right? And so you're going to come to Jesus, and he's going to change you. I mean, he's going to take every one of those problems you got, every one of those weaknesses you got, and one by one just pluck those things out, right? And so that set of scriptures really opened up my eyes. And Paul would go on to preach it, and he would take that word, and he would say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that Satan's blinded the eyes. Of them Because if they got knowledge of the glorious light of the Lord, if they got knowledge and knew that they could have that treasure on the inside of them, man, the devil would be out of the way. So please understand that Jesus is not out to condemn. He's not out to get them, right? And uh, he wants to set them free. And um, I think one of the last things I want to just talk about is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you, right? And um, when he comes on you, you're going to be a witness, because I asked the Lord when I first started evangelizing 19 years ago. about. So Jesus, I, I wasn't like the apostles. I never met you. I, I got born again. I know the Holy Spirit's in me. And, and that's when I started reading these scriptures. like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to save them. You know, he's the one that's doing the work. I, I just got so excited about that. But he's going to give you power. You're going to have that power. Okay? And that's what's going to do all the healing. That's what's going to remove the burden and destroy the yoke. So what I'd like to do is, I'll, hey... Anyone here who wants to be knighted. Anybody here who wants to go out and, and preach the name of Jesus. And I mean, I'm telling you, the Lord will open doors for you. When I, when I got here, I told Pastor Justin, here I am. Lord told me to come here. He says, all right, you want to go do Kappa? And I was like, what's Kappa? That's clergy and police. That's where you ride out with the cops. And I go home and I pray about it and I'm like, all right, I do it. Well, Kappa opened up the prison ministry. I'm really good with the prison ministry now at Tarrant County. He, he opened up the juvenile detention center. It, it opened up not only stuff with the police, but now I'm on the police chief's board. I'm good friends with the police chief. We pray together, talk Jesus together. Uh, some of the staff on there, uh, Lieutenant Swearinger, is now, she lets me say her name because she loves Jesus. And um, she's now a assistant chief, and the Lord blessed her. And we prayed about her getting promoted to captain, and now she's one of the leaders in the, in the police department. And uh, I mean, the Lord just opened all these doors. And it's like, it was just all because I just did what Pastor Justin said when I came here. So who wants to be knighted? And seriously, who wants to be knighted? Yeah, stand up. We're going to have a a coronation ceremony. Amen. I mean, we're praying about revival. Yes. So amen. Yes. Amen. And and I got news for you. It don't matter if you're tall, small. I mean, hey, you want to hear something really cool? Um, When we were in... uh, Cape Cod. We had a little five-year-old that wanted to go out and, and witness the Word with me, right? So we had a little script that we took, and so I gave this little kid the script. Nobody wanted him to go. I said, "I'll take you. Kid, come here with me." And this little kid wants to evangelize, right? He's five years old, five or six years old. So I tell him the words to say, it, and this lady comes walking. I've been to grocery. I've been kicked out of grocery stores, movie theaters. I mean, I've gone all over the place, right? And um, so we were at this grocery store, and this lady's coming out, and that little kid's with me. And I said, ma'am, uh, we got something to say to you. And that little kid starts witnessing to her. And she accepted Jesus, little five-year-old kid. And I saw the power of the Lord move through him. That, that little kid was excited. I was excited. The lady was excited. And I'm like, kid, you come with me the next time we go out. I was, like, I was like, I like this little guy. But Father, in the name of Jesus, look at this, Father. We are your vessels, Lord. We are your instruments in the name of Jesus. Oh, man, use us, Lord. Use us in the name of Jesus. We do have a sphere of influence, Lord. We do have something to say, and we're a carrier of your presence. And in the name of Jesus, you commissioned us, and, and Mark, in the 16th chapter, in the 15th verse, you put your sword over us, and you commissioned us, and you told us to go into all the world. You gave us your name and your authority, and, you, and we are in you, and you are in us. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. As they go into their workplace, you're with them, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you because it's just going to be so simple and easy, Lord. It, they're just gonna be, be them. They're just gonna be kingdom-minded people. And all of a sudden the, the, the conversations will start happening. And all of a sudden the word of the Lord will start coming out of their mouths in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden the testimonies will start pouring in the healings and, and prophecies and all these things, Lord. So we just receive it and we thank you for it. And I thank you for this beautiful body of believers. Because Lord, it's an honor and a privilege to get to go in combat with these men and women right here. Oh, I love them and I cherish them. And I know you do too in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.